We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, this is this is interesting timing that we're taping today because, Toby, you're getting ready for a baseball game, but probably by the time most everyone consumes this will be final. But we've got a big story looming over the next 48 hours, well, less than that, 24 hours, because as soon as you get done with baseball tonight, you jump in your car, your Lander Chevy, you drive up, stop at a Love's Travel Stop, get to Kansas City, and you got hoops tomorrow night. How excited are you for this stretch? Very excited. Uh, nicely done getting all the sponsor <laughs> plugs in there. You're a professional. Uh, this is great. I mean, we love March, right? We love March, and this week is uh, is kind of the start of what you hope will be several weeks of postseason basketball. And um, I got a good feeling. I got a good feeling that – Lon Kruger's team is is going to get on a little bit of a run here. I think uh, I think what has happened the last couple of weeks has been partly bad luck, partly um, you know a little chink in the armor there that they need to address before the postseason. But they're too good of a team. I mean, they've proven with the wins that they have this year that they're too good of a team to just go quietly into the night. So I think they're going to, I think they're going to show well in Kansas city and or Indianapolis. And maybe we still have some excitement ahead and uh, yeah, got a baseball game tonight. So by the time you've consumed this, OU has already beaten UTA. <laughs> How about that? Home love, the right, Chris? I mean, <laughs> I love the confidence. I love the confidence. Yeah. <laughs> No, hey. we got a serious south wind today. So um, if you live in the apartment complexes across the parking lot from Eldale Mitchell, 
you might want to tape up the windows tonight. There may be some incoming uh, missiles headed your way. It's it's wild because I just before I called you, I was over at Marina Hines, and I guess it never really registered with me because the two stadiums face essentially in opposite directions. So what is blowing in at Mitchell Park is in a lot of ways blowing out to left field at Marina Hines Field. And I saw a couple players that were just getting ready for practice. T-Row, if we were playing at Marina Hines Field, I mean, with the way this softball team is hitting, there still might be a couple home runs. But it'd be really hard to get one out to left. Tonight, though, at Mitchell Park, you you might have to work on that home run call a little bit. It's coming out of the south, right? Yeah. Isn't the wind coming out yeah. of the south today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Uh, No, that's uh, – I hope so. They've only hit five home runs this year in the first 11 games, uh, which is surprising because I, I think, uh, on paper anyway, this looks like maybe the best power team they've had in a while. But, you know, it's, it's cold. They've been playing in some big league parks and – who knows? Maybe tonight they'll uh, double that number. We'll see. Hey, I, I, so I, we got JT Gasso coming up again this week on the podcast, so we'll be getting to, uh, to that in just a bit. And I want to I want to pick your brain on hoops quite a bit. And I know – How are they doing? Softball doing any good early in the year at all? <laughs> we're, we're getting by, I think what's is the it, best like, way to put what, it. What's the total run differential through 17? You, you, you know, know what? That off the top of yeah, yeah. It's funny that you bring that up because – I don't know, breaking down a fourth wall here, but Spotlight is always taped on Tuesday. So to even break down that wall even further, I was hanging out with with Jessica Cootie because she was taping some interviews with assistant coaches for an event, and I was taping an interview with Jeremiah Hall for the – for the spotlight, or not spotlight show. Uh, what am I trying to say? The huddle show. Huddle. Yeah, which is going to air on Thursday night. And so we were going over the numbers. Here is the run differential. The Sooners in 2021 through 17 games have scored 217 runs. Their opponents have scored 18. The, <laughs> the, the Sooners as a team have hit 61 home runs. Their opponents have hit seven. How insane is that Wave right now? the white flag. <laughs> rest of the country. Jocelyn Allo has a 31-game hitting streak, T-Row. Through seven, uh, 17 games, 13 home runs, 39 RBIs. She's already moved up to second on the all-time Sooner home run list, and she's second on the team with 10 walks. And she's been hit by three pitches. I, I don't know. I, it, I'm flipping – I'm flipping this podcast on you here for a second. <laughs> Go ahead. So Arizona State was a good measuring stick. Sure. They beat them. What's the next really good measuring stick for them as to like a, you know, legit national competition? I, I think Missouri was. I think Missouri yeah. was a ranked team and they took care of them. Uh, I, I said this today, Josh, on our local station, Toby and I do a local show on Sports Talk 1400, the home for Sooner Baseball. And, and Josh asked me if going undefeated is out of the question. And I said, absolutely, positively not. But there's, I mean, even that national championship team with Kalani, you know, 13 or 14, they went on the road to Kansas and got beat. So you never know. Someone could have a big pitching day. But if you just want to look from a rankings perspective, uh, I, I would say that trip to Iowa State, you know, they you go up there and the weather's always a little bit odd. There's been some relatively close games there, and, and Jamie Pinkerton, their head coach, is, has a nice team this year. I'm not as high on Texas as other people are, so I, I think they might roll Texas. Honestly, Toby, my biggest concern is that three-game series at the end of the year against Oklahoma State. And let me tell you something. 
I still don't know what's going on down in, in Stillwater and why this is now three games in Stillwater as opposed to kind of breaking it up from, you know, budgetary concerns. So you don't have to get a hotel and everyone seemed to be on the same page. So uh, it's – oh, they've got a midweek trip, uh, trip to Georgia. And Georgia, by the way, not to go even more in depth, Georgia just lost to Kennesaw State who was coached by Trip McKay who used to be the Sooner hitting coach. So anyway, that's a long way to say – yeah, Texas in a couple of weeks will be fun. Yeah, I'm sure ESPN will carry all three games. Going to Iowa State will be interesting. That's their first road trip after the uh, the exhibition against Mexico. And then I can't help but think, Toby, that that last weekend against Oklahoma State is really going to be something. So it's coming. You know, the big matchups. But, yeah, Arizona State and Missouri were really good amazing. measuring sticks. Yeah, You're kind enough to do these uh, updates for us with OU softball sometimes that we play in our pregame show. <laughs> And there's been a couple of times already this year where softball teams played two games in a day. <laughs> so, like, at noon and at six or whatever. Right. So, the noon game ends, and you'll cut a, a wrap of that noon game and send it to me, and I'll play it on my pregame show. And the pregame show starts, like, the same time the second softball game starts. So, I'll say, all right, thank you, Chris. By the way, OU's second softball game of the night just underway and I'll click on the scoreboard. It's nine nothing in the first inning. I mean, it's unbelievable. This team's unbelievable. Yeah, and and the great thing about it uh, is truly, I I don't think they've reached the point to where they're as good as they can be, and, and that's crazy because they've had two perfect games that have been pitched this year, and I think their pitching can be better. Uh, they've had a couple. Is there of... any consideration to try to maybe schedule some other countries? <laughs> well, we're playing Team Mexico in two weeks, okay. so there, there you go. You go. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe I... more of an international feel to the schedule. See if they can challenge them at all. You know, with COVID, with COVID, it, it's kind of different in how we're broadcasting games. If ESPN is there, I have to broadcast the game from the Sooner Vision Studios, which I, I mean, I'm not happy about, but I'm going to do because I'm going to call the games, but. There, we, we don't get to rotate on the TV side as much as we did because, uh, again, Toby would do a couple of games, Chad would do a couple of games, I would do a couple of games, and I'd always be there for radio. But we're basically taking the TV and simulcasting it to radio for every single home game. I, I want you – I don't care if I have to, to, to trade a game. Or, I want you to be able to sit and watch this team play one. I don't hang care on how it is. Go hang ahead. On, hang on a second. Go ahead. Ha, has this ESPN thing happened yet where you've had to go – No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, no, okay. no. That's just listen, kind of what's been listen. rumored. Go ahead. When is, when is that going to happen? That would probably be the Texas series would be the first series is All what right. I would think. If OU is still undefeated – when Texas rolls around and ESPN comes and tries to kick you out. I'd stand my ground. I don't think Patty's going to let that happen. <laughs> you can't, you can't be, un, you can't change anything if you're undefeated. Right. I like, like the way Chris you're thinking. Plank, Chris Plank cannot be asked to evacuate the stadium <laughs> so that some ESPN muckety muck can come in uh, who's never followed this team all year and kick you out of your seat. That's not that can't happen. I, tell ESPN to broadcast it remotely and you stay in that booth. I guess that's the chance, right? I guess there's a chance of that because ESPN has been doing a lot remotely. So I guess maybe there's not, a chance of that. As for me, I'm not getting near that stadium <laughs> until you guys lose a game. Okay. I'm not gonna be the one <laughs> That comes walking in on a Tuesday night just so I can watch and, and something happens and then I'm the 
I'm the black cat on this thing, you know. So I, I think it's what's not going to be me. I think what's fascinating, and this does tie back into baseball. And JT's coming up here in just a bit, softball fans. But the the large rosters, and there's 24. I think is the number. They may have a couple of players that are a little dinged up right now, but. 24 players on the Sooner roster, and it's allowed things to be a little bit more specialized, Toby. They're, they're really using a lot of matchups. They'll, they'll study a strength for one hitter versus a certain type of pitcher. It's, it's, it's very baseball in, in what they're doing in a lot of ways. How has Skip handled that with the bigger rosters, and have you noticed anything that's kind of stood out on, on at least uh, on that front from a baseball side of things? <sighs> I don't think it's made a, a big difference. I think it's been a little tougher early on. We have talked about this to get everybody at bat. Agreed. You know, yep. they have needed, they've needed all the arms they could get, unfortunately, early in the season. So that hasn't been a problem, but trying to get a good measure, not just to keep people happy, but to just get a good measure for what you have. Uh, you need to get guys at bats, and they're deep. I mean, they got a they got a lot of outfielders, and uh, and they're so I think it's been a little tricky to try to figure out how to manage that. The other thing that has made it a little extra tricky is I don't know why. I think it's just complete coincidence, but they haven't faced hardly any left-handed pitching yet at all. They they've huh. played eleven games. And they faced one left-handed starter. And I was putting together my pregame notes for tonight. Uh, there have been 381 at-bats so far in the season for OU baseball. 340 have been against right-handed pitchers. So there have only been 41 at-bats total in the whole season against lefties. So, you know, you've got some platoon. The point is you've got some platoon situations potentially where you've got a lefty and a righty in left field or right field or whatever who could split time for you. Well, one of those guys isn't getting to the plate yet this year Hmm. because there's been no left-handed pitching to go up against. Now, that'll change. I mean, I think it's just totally happenstance. We're going to get into conference play, and you're going to run into a string of three or four days in a row where you're going to face a lefty or whatever. But um, it's it's been good. You would rather have depth than not have depth, but it has also just kind of changed the early season evaluation process because there is more depth to evaluate. And I think it'll, you know, it'll, it'll just take an extra week or two to kind of sort through that before, you know, all right, here are our guys this year. Gotcha. All right, listen, uh, I know you got to start getting ready to call that baseball game, so I'll, I'll let you get out of here on a couple of basketball thoughts. Obviously, you know, we're not bubble watching. This team is in. But we're, we're definitely keeping an eye on seed things. So, I mean, important to get this first one, I think, more than anything against Iowa State tomorrow night from just a, just a, a confidence perspective, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that's what Kansas City is all about. Um you know, go try to win a trophy. That'd be great if you could win the Big 12 championship. The most important thing that needs to happen in Kansas City is is go find your mojo again and uh, play some good ball, head into the large dance with a, uh, you know, feeling good about yourself. So from a seeding perspective, I think they're somewhere in the six or seven range right now. You know, I don't, I don't have any 
expertise, but I do kind of religiously follow all of the bracketologists out there, and they seem to be pretty consistent that OU's in the six or seven range. I saw Jerry Palm today had him as an eight. eight. That's the lowest I've seen. I think that's probably a little off, but who knows? I mean, maybe they're in that six to eight range, perhaps. This first game can only hurt them. Uh, the Iowa State game can only – it's not going to help them at all if they win it. Iowa State went winless in uh, Big 12 play. So, you don't want to lose – if you lose to them, they're going to slide down another seed, maybe two. They could – I think if they lose to Iowa State, they're probably going to find themselves in an 8-9 game. Gotcha. Which, uh, you know, that's a coin flip, but you're looking at a one seed in the next round if you win it. From that point on – in the Big 12 tournament, I think every win they could get probably helps them climb a rung on the seed ladder. So if they, let's say they are a six or seven right now, and they could go beat Kansas in the quarterfinals, which is who they play, I think that could take them up to a five. If they could go get a couple of wins, maybe beat Kansas and Texas and get into the championship game, that might get them up to a four or so. And I wouldn't, rule it out that if they won the whole thing, I mean, you're talking about a four game win streak with three very impressive wins. I mean, that would be probably Kansas, Texas, and Baylor. So you'd be looking at what eight top 15 wins Mm -hmm. at that point on your resume. You could find OU right back on that three line potentially. So that's a wide range. I mean, we're talking about anywhere from maybe at the, at the most optimistic a three and at the most pessimistic a nine. And that will be determined on how you play in Kansas city. So it is nice to not be talking about, are they in or not, you know, to not be holding your breath that your name's going to be announced on selection Sunday. Uh, But there is an, a lot, an awful lot to play for. And honestly, I think that's true for pretty much all of the six teams you know, Baylor set it as a one. The bottom three teams are out. TCU, K-State, and Iowa State. The six teams in the middle there are all pretty much in the same boat. Now, they're they're starting at a different – you're a NASCAR guy. Yep. they got a different pole position. Right. Starting position on <laughs> that on grid, grid going yeah. into Kansas City. But, you know, it's going to be uh, hammered down. What is it? Turn left, hammered down? Left lane, hammered down. Left lane hammered down for four days to try to see where you can finish in that seed line uh, by the time the NCAA tournament rolls around, which should make for some great basketball. And and, and then I, I loved what Lon said. I think it was in your post game. You know, it's not as if there has been something that has just gone so awry. I mean, these these were tight games that they were winning down the stretch early, and these are some tight games that they've lost there there hasn't been a game I think that's been more of what a one possession game or maybe even I mean they're not getting beat by 15 so in the mind of Toby Rowland you you just need to see better execution down the stretch from this team it's it's a great point Lon brings up uh I think we added up three of their 17 big 12 games this season where you would put in the quote-unquote blowout column and I don't even know if they're Blowouts, but they were decided at the five-minute mark. Or I like to kind of use the last media timeout as a blocker, which is under four, you know. So 14 of the 17 games went to that last media timeout with 
the game undecided. So somebody's ahead by one or two or three or tied or whatever. That's amazing. I mean, they are playing pretty much every night a basketball game that's going to the final possession. And you're going to win some of those. You're going to hit the big shot. And Oklahoma went on an amazing run of winning those games in January. Elijah Harkless hit big late shots against Alabama. Austin Reeves hit big late shots. Moja Gibson hit big late shots. They got big stops in big moments. That's how you win those close games. Now the last two weeks they've been in a funk. Uh, teams have hit big shots against them. Mike McGurl in the final minutes of that game went nuts for K-State and beat him. Cade Cunningham twice had great closing kicks against him, beat him. Um, uh, oh, what's his name at Texas? The uh, Coleman, Matt oh, Coleman. Oh, yeah, Matt Coleman. Didn't Ugh. make a bucket all night, didn't take a shot all night, and hits a backbreaker with under a minute to go to win. So that's not – I'm not going to chalk that up to luck. Okay, that's that's not, hey, you win some, you lose some. It's more of a belief, I think, when you, the great teams, okay, are going to play close games, but they've got this feeling that they're going to find a way to win it. And guys can't wait to take the big shot because they are, they're going to be the hero that night. And that's what they felt when they were going through January was, yeah, it's close, but wait till you see how we win this one, you know? And it's the opposite of that right now. There's this feeling, all right, we're tied, three minutes to go. How's this one going to get away, you know? And that's not just a fan. Sometimes that permeates into a huddle, into a team, where they know they're on a losing streak, and nobody really wants the last shot, or they're they're shooting it with some trepidation. <laughs> And, and before you know it, the other teams won the game. So the good news is that can be flipped. You know, the good news is you go win one of those, and all of a sudden you're back on you're back in the good mojo again. You're back believing you're going to win close games. So we know they can do it. They've done it this year against great teams. And that's why I think this week is so important. Beat Iowa State, feel, get that winning feeling again going. Then go see if you can rock Kansas. I mean, they played well against Kansas twice this year. Beat them at home, almost got them without Brady Manick in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. And then who knows, maybe you're off and running after that. Toby, enjoy baseball tonight. Can't wait to hear you in Kansas City. Thanks so much for all the time, bud. Chris, don't pull a larynx now calling all those <laughs> runs with OU softball. I hey, get a night of rest. Sure I'll be you- good. Hot tea. Make sure you're <laughs> doing coat. proper throat care, okay? I got you, Toby. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you, buddy. As I mentioned, JT Gasso is coming up here in moments on the Sooner Sports Podcast. But first, a word from the Air Force. It's a calling that's kept us free. It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community. And your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. All right, had a chance to catch up with Sooner hitting coach JT Gasso, and we start talking about Jocelyn Allen. What a great weekend this team had. I'll tell you what, a coach told me in the pregame show that, you know, that I don't want to necessarily say a challenge, but a statement game potentially on Sunday against Missouri. JT, when your leadoff hitter comes out and hits a bomb like T.R.A. Jennings did, 
Uh, and then the, you run rule a really good Missouri team. That was one heck of a statement early on Sunday, and then not to lapse at all against Sam Houston that night. Pretty pretty fun weekend, I can imagine. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was good because they got a taste for playing somebody more than uh, you know it, it's more than one time in a weekend, um, and really kind of trusting your adjustments and trusting the matchups that you're going to have the next day. So um, it was a good way to kind of get ready for conference. Um, coming up here in a couple weeks. Can you I, – I had an opportunity to talk to Jossie, and I know that 31-game hitting streak, you know, she's she's second all-time now in home runs in Sooner softball history, uh, having an incredible start to the year. But can you kind of take me back, JT, from kind of how you identified her as a talent and, and coach and how you ended up bringing her to Oklahoma? I think she told the story that – you know, at, at first, you know, there wasn't necessarily – she was ready to pay her way, but then the scholarship came. But can you just take me through how you guys identified her and realized she could be something special here at OU? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> she was committed to Cal for a, a pretty long time, for a yeah. couple of years, if I remember right. And uh, it was one of those things where you got a call that was saying, hey, she's she committed from Cal and kind of look in, look around. So um, – the first thing I did was I went to YouTube and put in Jocelyn Allo, and the first thing that came up was her state championship wrestling video where she, like, separated her opponent's shoulder to win the state championship and the uh, girls' division. So, and I was like, okay, we have to, we, we got to get this girl. <laughs> she, she, you know, so, um, so yeah, it, that's just, it was kind of, um, just kind of by chance that it happened and it ended up working out. And um, I think everyone's happy that it did. What have you seen? And just one final thought on Jocelyn here. What have you seen as her biggest adjustment? Because I think we've talked about it a lot, talked around it a lot, but she, yes, is hitting bombs. But JT, I just get this sense, such a complete hitter that she's become during her time under you and coach's tutelage. Now, complete hitter, would that have to include bunting? Because I don't know if she's quite there yet. I'm just kidding. No, no, I'm, uh, no, I think the biggest thing that, that we've seen is how just smart that she's gotten and how into the game, not that she wasn't before, but she kind of goes next level with um, what she's seeing and how she's going to approach uh, her at bat. So it's been really fun to it. And I keep telling uh, the hitters after the game, like it's really fun just to listen to the conversations that you guys are having um, about the game and, and who you're facing and what you're going to do. So they're kind of speaking, uh, especially her, she's speaking her things into existence where, you know, one at bat she says, oh, she, she just gave me this, I just missed it. And then she'll like totally be right on cue with what's happening or next at bat before it even happens. So yeah, it, the maturity uh, factor is is there and, and everything else. So it's been it's really been fun to see her grow. Is it? It's kind of hard because everything's different, and I, I get this. I don't want to say anything is getting lax by any stretch of the imagination, but we're starting to get a little bit more comfortable with more people vaccinated. But with that camaraderie, you know, the team dinners are different. The trip to Arizona seemed a little bit more normal. Obviously, everyone was able to socially distance and eat between games this weekend. But have have you seen that conversation, that communication become a little bit, I don't want to say easier, JT, but more normal 
over the last few weeks to where it's not over Zoom, to where it's not yelling across at each other. I'm just I'm not saying that we're not socially distancing, but does it seem like it's becoming more normal? Yeah, and you know, I think the one thing that did help was the Zoom calls this summer. And oh, wow. so we've all been connected as a team um since, you know, July, June, July. So um, you know, when we just going through like a quick timeline, when we came back in August, it was like hit the ground, run and let's go. And then it's you know, we the the biggest thing that I've seen our players do is they just find a way. So um, you know, we've, we've done a really good job of staying in our, you know, bubble and not getting outside of, you know, the things that we, we shouldn't be doing. And, um, I mean, you're, you're, we just want to play. And that's the, the main thing that they've um, showed is they're going to do whatever we can to play and we're just going to make it work. So, yeah, I think, you know, to kind of answer your question, um, I, I don't really – I can't even remember what normal was, you know, kind of. So we're just – we find a way to make it work. You still hear them loud in the dugout. You still hear them um, at practice getting after it. So, yeah, I, I just haven't really, um, I guess, noticed yeah. anything different. It's probably someone that me that overanalyzes everything sees and, uh, <laughs> and, and is, is talking about too terribly much. Man, um, you know what, what I dig about this team is is how whenever someone else is, is given an opportunity, in other words – Mackenzie Donahue maybe coming in for a couple of innings for TRA or getting a start with uh, with TRA playing third or Riley Boone coming in. JT, they're not missing these opportunities, and that's not necessarily easy whenever you've been sitting over there. They've got to stay engaged. What's What's been the key to that? And I, obviously there's more than just Boone and Donahue, but they've done right. a good job of really coming off the bench and, and being ready. Right. Yeah, and uh... – you know, one thing that I tell, just to kind of you know spotlight Donahue, uh, one thing that she does or that we've um, talked about, her superpower is getting on base, <laughs> and I think that's the maturity level for her too is has grown where she's not trying to do more than what she has to. So last year she might have been swinging at balls out of the zone, trying to do too much, whereas this year she's like, I don't have to swing. My job is get on base. If I get on base, I'll be good. So you see a lot of walks, and then when she does do that, she gets the pitches over the over the plate, and she she hits it. And you know Riley Boone's uh, superpower, she just hey put the ball in play, don't try and do too much, put the ball in play, let's see what happens. So um, I think that not only are they really good with their roles, they understand who they are as hitters and what they're really good at, and um, they under they're staying locked into the game and knowing what they got to do to be successful. That's why you saw um, Donahue come in. Uh, I think it was Missouri game with two outs and she was pinch hitting. It was like, Hey, you're basically another leadoff. Let's get, let's get on base. And that's what she did. She walked got on base or she walked or got it. I can't, I can't remember. Walked or got a hit. I think it was a walk. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she got on first and it didn't, she didn't end up, she didn't end up scoring, but she extended the inning and gave us a little bit more time to get our um, pitcher ready for the next inning. And so, the, I mean, it's it's been really fun to kind of, like, use advanced um, tactics with some of these players, you know. You, are, uh, I know Coach makes the lineup. You obviously are involved in it. But how, with this expanded roster, if you will, how fun has it been to really drill into the matchups? I remember 
Coach Gasso saying something in the pregame show about, hey, that's what makes this fun, uh, is is you are able to to kind of go a little bit matchup oriented. I mean, is is I know that we're not all big analytical people, but from the same vein, JT, that's got to make it fun whenever we're able to really drill into what a matchup a matchup that might be beneficial for one player to to start over another one, or one player to hit against a certain pitcher over another one. Yeah, and that's what's been you know so fun. We have some different resources that we can use to help us figure out you know a, a optimized lineup, I guess you'd call it. But uh, one thing too is is we do a lot of work during the week to figure out who can do what, who's struggling with what. So if somebody's really good at hitting um, a certain pitch, we know kind of if it's progressing, if it's regressing, and we're able to by the time that we play. We're knowing, like, hey, she can do this um, better than somebody else can. So it might be better if she is facing this pit. You, you kind of see where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been fun. Um, and we're still trying to, you know, get the kinks figured out. Whereas, you know, like in the past, it's just been, here's our nine, let's go. And, I mean, you even, still, you even see in the World Series, Kike Hernandez is getting – starts jock peterson's getting starts here and there so um we're trying we're not i mean we'd love to be the dodgers you know <laughs> but i'm just saying we are um really kind of thinking outside the box and how to best uh utilize our lineup all right final thought and i'll let you get out of here how exciting is it to see the way that g uh, has pitched her last two outs uh two outs excuse me outings uh, and then to see Shannon rolling. Again, I know that we're focused on the hitters, and JT, when we talk, it's all about hitting. And But as this this team gels and comes together throughout the season, now pitching is going to be the key to a championship. How exciting is it to see the way that G's handled herself the last few times out? Oh, it's great. And especially given, uh, you know, kind of everything she's gone through um, with with last year, coming in this year. And, and what's cool is she hasn't peaked either shannon hasn't peaked either i know if you were to ask her um you know are there things that you can work on they'd, they'd all say yes so um the big thing not just about the, the pitching staff but kind of everyone is everyone just wants to keep getting better and i know giselle's feeling that way shannon's and the entire pitching staff they just want to keep getting better so um if if they're wanting to get better from where they're at now that's scary that's really scary. So it's been it's been fun, exciting. Um, I sit on the end of the dugout and try and move the outfielders where I think the ball is going to be hit, and just they do their thing. So sometimes, you know, so I just got to make sure people are in the right spot, and I get to enjoy them uh, um, getting outs. By the way, uh, I was I was talking with Jake last night, and since you refuse to allow yourself to take any credit, does that mean that Dane Summers gets all the credit for this power surge to start the season, or no? Which way do we go with credit here, JT? All to the girls, right? I, I would sure. You know what? Let's go with Dane. Let's go with Dane. <laughs> Dane uh, and Coach. There you Coach go. Put the together. They they hit the ball. Coach and Dane. Love go. it. You're the man, JT. I'll see you tomorrow night. Should be fun against UTA. And then, uh, boy, I think I think we're going to end up having a pretty good crowd this week. And whenever Hall of Fame Stadium at twenty five percent, I think that's going to be pretty good numbers, don't you? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's. I, I can't wait because we haven't been in. Some of our players have been there, uh, you know, when, during the summer. So um, just to kind of step on that field again is going to be pretty exciting. Good stuff. Thanks, JT. I'll talk to you tomorrow, man. Yeah. See you playing. Stud.
JT Gasso. All right, thanks to JT Gasso. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Busy week coming up. Of course, the post-game show tomorrow night from Oklahoma and Iowa State in the Big 12 tournament. Plus, every post-game show on the radio network is available right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll have the uh, huddle coming up on Monday. And we're ready, man. We're ready for Selection Sunday. Everyone have a great start to your weekend. I know it's only Tuesday, but why not think positive? Boomer Sooner, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow night. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.